Good afternoon and welcome to Redneck Radio, a sanctuary for ideas, ideas that are becoming more and more rare. And when I talk about ideas, I talk about the kind of ideas that I recently found in a book. Now, I didn't find them. Actually, a listener sent me some excerpts from a book entitled African Obsession, The Life and Legacy of Carl Ackley. And I'd like to read to you some of these excerpts because they, they encapsulate some of the things we have discussed earlier. And they're put in such a way, I mean, they're put in a way that a, an intelligent man would say something. Not like me. You know, I'm just a layman. I say things and I try my best to construct them in a way where I sound intelligent. But this man who's written this book obviously uh, is intelligent because my guess is that you have to be pretty smart to get a book out there. So let's use his words to talk about something we've discussed in the past. Uh, and now this book was printed some time ago, but nonetheless, a lot of his ideas remain solid even in this modern day. So here we are. Let's, let's read. Let's quote uh, African Obsession. Though seemingly contradictory, the best hunters were and are lovers and passionate advocates of conserving nature. And not simply because of a desire to control their own dwindling resources, they understand and respect the animals they hunt better than non-hunters do. I mean, I just love the way that he puts it in that quote. I mean, he says all the things that we've been discussing, and he says it in a way that just sounds great. Now let's move on to a, another great excerpt that this listener sent me. And this, this one I really like, and it goes, and I quote, In a world more focused on conservation issues, we also find swelling ranks of the cute lovers, those who mistake feeling touched by Bambi-faced infant animals for a genuine appreciation of wildlife and concern for its conversation. So what he's saying here, way back when, in like 1970s or so, what he's saying is that what, what, what's happening over the last couple decades is that the number of people who love animals just because they're cute, who watched a movie and by watching an animal act like a human were suckered into believing that they understood animals because they were human, and obviously, according to this movie put out by Disney's, uh, animals must be human, that they, have, they think they have a genuine appreciation of wildlife and a concern for its con uh, conservation. Whereas the previous quote really says what all hunters understand, and that is that we understand and respect the animals we hunt better than non-hunters do. Because in my mind, there is no way to really appreciate an animal uh, unless you study it intently or you hunt it. And before we move on, I'd like to take a minute and talk about the movie Bambi. And I want to discuss that scene where Bambi's mom is shot. In my mind, there has never been a greater piece of anti-hunting propaganda. That movie probably did more damage to the hunting world than any movie ever since. And the children who watched that movie probably grew up, one, assuming that these deer had relationships much similar to humans, and two, hating the fact that we were taking fathers away from their families. Whereas any hunter who has ever witnessed the rut understands that deer do not practice monogamy, and that deer fight for the chance to breed, and that deer show no interest in their offspring. So this movie Bambi, what represented a complete mischaracterization of the relationship of deer, 
was nonetheless the prime source of education for millions of youngsters who watched it and then as they grew up applied the lessons they learned in Bambi to how animals interacted, not just deer, but all animals interacted. And in a way, it was the worst possible thing that could have happened to us as hunters because it created a whole generation of people who think they understood animals because of a cartoon. And then they use it to beat us down in YouTube chat rooms. And I think that this next story is a perfect example of how that movie Bambi has tainted humanity's view of animals ever since it was made. And this next story is about a kangaroo. Uh, And it took place about a week ago. Someone posted a picture of a kangaroo, a male kangaroo, and he appeared to be cradling the head of a female kangaroo while that female kangaroo's one-year-old baby or whatever was standing nearby. Now, when the picture was posted, people fell in love with it quickly because they assumed that that male kangaroo was cradling this dead, uh, I may have failed to mention that this female was dead, but this dead female kangaroo so that the baby kangaroo could kind of give it a a last goodbye. They thought that this cradling gesture by the male kangaroo was such a sweet thing. It just showed that kangaroos and humans aren't very different. And people jumped on that picture. And a lot of the comments were about how humans and kangaroos and, you know, are so similar and how humans need to appreciate the, uh, you know, those relationships in nature. And, and I went through some of the articles that came out at that time on January 14th, and I noted some of the feelings and comments that people were leaving. And he, here's, some, uh, here's some comments that I've, I thought were great that illustrate my point. The first one is, and I quote, it shows that people who say that humans are the only ones with feelings are wrong. Yes. Yes, that's what that picture does. It shows that uh, those who think that only humans can have feelings are wrong. Now, I I think a lot of people out there would look at animals and assume that they do have feelings. They just tend to be a little bit more base. Now, here's another quote. uh, And here it is. It's, quote, proof. They feel compassion. Seems more than we as humans do. Now, this person took it to the next level. He's saying, not only do these kangaroos feel compassion, but they feel it at a level greater than humans. That's quite a statement. But it didn't take long for scientists, for people who actually spend their lives studying these marsupials, it didn't take long for these kangaroo scientists to actually come out and say that what you saw in the picture, the assumptions you were making when looking at this picture, were not at all what took place. And they came out in an article in the New York Post. The headline kind of says it all. And this came out a couple days later. It said, grieving kangaroo may have actually been a horny killer. That is a sensational headline. One I never expected to read in my life. But here it is. I'm looking at it right now, right in front of my eyes. And this article is saying that this male kangaroo was not cuddling this female kangaroo out of compassion. But he was, in fact, A horny killer. A horny killer. And another headline says, Expert says male kangaroo cradling head head of female wanted to mate her. Wanted to mate her. Okay, what does that mean? So we looked into these articles, and we quickly realized that there is a small possibility, but a possibility nonetheless, 
that this kangaroo, this male kangaroo, in an attempt to mate with this female kangaroo, may have killed her. And the scientists or the researchers point out that there's a lot of indications that this is what took place. First of, uh, first of all, the kangaroo, in terms of horniness, he's full on in a physical sense, right? Now, that's something a lot of people overlook because the way that the, the kangaroo is made is like different than humans. So you wouldn't really look for the uh, member, the, the male member of the kangaroo, and how do I describe this? This is getting kind of awkward because talking about wieners is always a bit awkward. Let's just say for the most part that a lot of people overlooked this fact and that only a scientist who had studied kangaroos would really catch on to the fact that this male kangaroo cradling this female kangaroo is fully torqued. Now, the next thing that indicates that this kangaroo was doing more than cuddling is that his arms are wet. And they say that when kangaroos are chasing stuff around, they tend to lick their arms in order to cool themselves down. Now, those two things alone and the word of a scientist who says that he's, he's not surprised because the mating habits of kangaroos are quite aggressive. These facts alone and this scientist and these multiple researchers, there's testimonies about the situation still weren't enough to convince the skeptics out there who have a hard time believing that that male kangaroo was doing more than just showing compassion for that female that had died. And the quotes that I found related to this were great. Now, here's the first quote. It says, Scientists will generally do anything they can to deny animals have an intelligent emotional life as well as one of instinct. Okay, all right. Fair enough. I guess all scientists are doing whatever they can to prove that animals are not intelligent. All right. I didn't know that. Thank you for enlightening me. The next quote, the scientist was obviously confusing what the kangaroo was doing to some ugly event that happened in his own life. All right. Well, this is a pretty standard line of attack. When you can't think of anything really great to say, you just attack the person who's telling you something you don't want to hear. That's a pretty standard tactic. Uh, to use when you don't have anything valuable to add to the conversation. The next quote, a beautiful picture depicting a grieving animal I emphasize with. I will not allow this writer to debase the beautiful sentiment expressed by the photo. Uh, all right. He doesn't want to have his world made of rainbows and unicorns shattered by reality. All right, that's fine. And moving on, another great quote. Why did he have to tell us this? Meaning, why did the scientists have to tell us this? Maybe his explained truth should be told, but sorry, I don't agree. I like the original story. So this person is basically saying, maybe we should, okay, all right, fine. Maybe the truth should be told, but do it somewhere else, right? I like the original story, which is great. I, I like the idea or the story that confirms or conforms with my view of wildlife. I don't really care about the truth. That The truth put it over there, out of sight. I don't want to have to look at it. I'm more interested in finding things that confirm my own biases. And that, to me, really sums up what a lot of these animal activists and PETA members, it kind of sums up a lot of their attitudes. You know, put the truth over here. Let me just believe what I want to believe. Uh, and let me just kind of assume that all these animals, the things that they're doing, they're doing for reasons I give them. 
and not for reasons that I don't agree with. Now, we obviously look, we all do this in different aspects of our lives, but we're just talking about animals right now. I'm sure that you do the same thing somewhere else in your life and that we're all guilty of doing this. But let's just stick to the conversation at hand and let's just continue to talk about animals and the people who try very hard to make them look more intelligent and loving than they really are. Uh, And here's one more quote that kind of sums up. This is a typical online quote, and that's why I throw it in here. And it says simply, piss off, you cynical idiot. So this is a statement that this commenter is leaving for the scientist who exposed the horrible truth about the kangaroo rape to death story. And he wrote, piss off, you cynical idiot, which is pretty standard internet comment. Um, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I got to end with that one because that one just, we're all familiar with that kind of a comment. Now, when I read a story on the internet that's controversial, like this one, you know, a lot of people disillusioned by the fact that this kangaroo was not a compassionate kangaroo, but he was, uh, he was a, you know, a necrophiliac raper, whatever you want to call him. But whenever I come across these articles, they're very, they're very heated. But seeing that this article or this story took place in Australia means that you're going to get a lot of great Australian comments and Australians tend to be pretty funny. And so I noticed on one particular comment thread, there were lots of great uh, jokes. And I'm going to read to you some of those jokes that people made about this story. So uh, the, the first one is so sad Kangaroo is now Raperoo. I thought that was funny. You may not find that was funny. Actually, a lot of people probably find that very offensive. So if you laugh at that, make sure you laugh at it in a room by yourself. If you're listening to this podcast, you laugh out loud in a group while listening to this podcast, you may be judged by the people who surround you. And the next joke was Necroroo, you know, play on words. Neck, uh, necrophilia, which is to uh, have relations with a corpse, and Rue, which is a common nickname for a kangaroo. Probably didn't need to explain that to you, but still thought it might be handy. And of course, this one I really enjoyed. There was a man who left a comment very long. I mean, he was basically writing, you know, the epistle of Big Dick Steve.69. And after writing this whole thing about you know, what the kangaroo could have been feeling, what the kangaroo might have been doing. The next comment after his was simply, man criticizes scientists for jumping to conclusion, invents half the kangaroo's life story, which I thought was great. This one not only was funny, but kind of talks a lot about what people do when they try to anthropomorphize animals. And that is they create a life story for the animal that fits their narrative. And so this guy basically with two sentences cut this uh, long, long-winded commenter down to size. And this is the thing. The world of animals is a very, very dangerous and violent place. This story of a kangaroo uh, possibly raping another kangaroo to death isn't even that rare. I don't know if many of you have seen this documentary, but there is a documentary that's going around and it's about the mating habits of ducks. If you want to watch something that is disturbing, I would recommend you watch this video because it is, I don't even know how to describe it. It is hard to forget. It makes ducks look like they may have come from a different planet. First of all, they have corkscrew wainers 
right? Wieners. I can say that, I think. I think that's a word we can all agree on. It seems innocent enough. If I say the word wiener, other terms for male members might be a little bit too strong. I think wiener is a good one. So just the way that the male ducks wiener is constructed is disturbing. And then the defenses, it's almost as if ducks want to become extinct because the female defenses to, to thwart the man's breeding attempts are pretty strong, right? And you would think that evolution would have made it a little bit easier. It's as if ducks wanted to die a long time ago. And yet they persist because, for the most part, male ducks have to rape female ducks to breed with them. And female ducks do die quite often in the process. And I mean, ducks, another example of uh, something you might not want to think about when you're at your local pond and you're feeding ducks bread. You probably don't want to look into the idea, uh, the eyes of that uh, mallard, you know, and think that I'm feeding bread to a rapist who may or may not have killed his last mate. It's hard to look at a duck at a, pu- uh, at a public park and, and think that that duck is a rapist. You know, these are adult subjects that we're talking about, but I feel like you're all grown up enough to, to have this discussion and this discussion about how the animal kingdom is a brutal kingdom. Now, we shouldn't be judging. I know that I joke about it and I make jokes about judging these animals, but we shouldn't be judging these animals because obviously if you're judging the animals on your values, well, that's just ridiculous because it's an animal and we're making the same mistake that these animal lovers are making. And last of all, when I got thinking about this subject, I, I was reminded of something I've heard several times and I just wanted to double check to make sure that my memory was correct. And that was that lions... Male lions, when they come into a new pride, will kill the cubs, right? Baby killers, infanticide. Uh, I wanted to find out if that was true, so I typed it into Google. You know, Google, the great search engine, the almighty search engine. I typed that in, and I found something that was quite fascinating. The very first thing on the list of sites that had information about male cubs coming into a pride and killing or, or male lions coming into a pride and killing all the cubs, the very first link at the top of the page, it stated that, uh, oh, uh, that didn't happen very often, and that male lions who kill, their, who kill the cubs of other male lions when taking over pride, that was rare. And the top search result was basically a site that said, contrary to popular belief, male lions do not kill that many cubs when taking over a pride. Now it's hard to argue with the top link in a Google search, right? We give them priority. We assume that the God Google has fact checked that top link and we question very little the validity of that top link because it's a top link. It must've had to, I don't know what links do to get to the very top, but it must've done a lot of work to get up there. So when you look at a page and you look at all the links, you tend to just go straight to the top one because in your mind, obviously that's the most vetted link on that page. So who do you believe? You know, because every other link below that stated the complete opposite. It basically stated that male lions when moving into a new pride will kill all the cubs and that it happens quite often. But who do you believe? If you're someone who has doubts, and so you get onto Google to search, you know, the male lion issue, uh, the, the lion killing cubs issue. Well, you're probably going to click on the top one 
and you're going to get all that bad information. You're not going to go further than that. And then you're going to be at a dinner party and then someone's going to bring it up and you thinking you know everything because you clicked on one link and did about five seconds of research. You're going to chime in and say, well, actually, uh, contrary to belief, uh, cubs don't get killed that much. While all the information underneath that top link basically says the opposite. And you know, in this day and age, if you can't believe the top search result, who can you believe? That top search result is basically the cream. The cream of the crop. Right there on top. I almost started rapping. That was pretty close. Just be glad I didn't. So anyway, I mean, I bring this up because where people get their information whether it's Bambi or the top link in a search, it's unfortunate that in a lot of these cases, they're contacting one source and that one source has all the wrong information. And what happens when a person looks up just one source and assumes that that's the truth? I mean, they're going to go their whole life, most likely never ever researching the other side of the coin. They're not ever going to look into the whether or not deer have a monogamous relationship or whether deer have a good, strong family structure. They're not going to look in to see whether or not males really do kill the cubs when they move into a bride. Because for them, they already checked it out or they already saw something on it and they know that it's true. And what happens when people think like this is that we get these commenters and these people who look at this kangaroo picture And they make these assumptions, and then when people confront them with the facts, they lose their shit. Which, again, I'd like to say that a lot of us do something similar in different areas of our lives. So that's something to think about, and that's really all I wanted to talk about today. Because that kangaroo uh, situation in Australia, that picture, It just was a perfect example of how people want to believe what they want to believe when it comes to animals. And people want to believe that animals are just like people. And part of the reason they want to believe that is because movies like Bambi teach them that that is the case. And then instead of doing the research or having the resources to find out the truth, they usually do a meager search where they are also fed poor information. And all it does is propagate the problems that we are experiencing today and will only continue to get worse as people become worse informed and tend to be lazier about finding the truth. And so that's all I have today for Redneck Radio. I appreciate you listening. If you have any comments or questions, go to our blog at redneckradio.blogspot.com and leave some comments. Hopefully they're not hate-filled. Hopefully they don't say, piss off, you cynical wiener, uh, although that would be expected. You can also follow me on Instagram at Thaddeus underscore Stotch, or you can follow us on Twitter, even though we don't do a damn thing with it. What we would really appreciate would be if you would continue to listen to this podcast, leave us a good rating and a constructive comment, because that really helps us. If you want to get the word out, If you want to educate your friends and family members who don't hunt about the world of hunting and how we view the world, then send them a link. Say, listen, I know that you clicked on that one link that talks about how male lions do not kill cubs. But this guy will open your eyes and open your brains to the truth. So send this podcast out to your friends. And if you do that, I will do my best to give you a digital high five. 
Anyway, thanks again for listening. We appreciate it and have a good day.